You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question is, are billionaires biblical? Now, this question is coming from a larger context. One, Elon Musk recently purchased Twitter for an ungodly amount, forgive the phrase, (laughs) for an an amazing amount of money. And there are people that are angry and very hot and bothered by this and people that are very excited about it. Have you read a tweet or a post yet that he's the Antichrist? I keep waiting for that. (laughs) No, but I will keep my eye out because you are onto something. And I just think it's so fun to watch and see where my friends are going to land because they're always on both sides of the spectrum. Okay, so so that you have happened. an interesting view of fun. So that happened. <laughs> I think it's so great. People are so angry and people are so excited. That happened. Shane Claiborne put out this tweet or Instagram tweet, and I also have had lots of friends share it. This is what Shane said: If people of faith practice the biblical jubilee, there would be no billionaires. Every generation was to forgive debts free slaves, and redistribute property. This is found in Leviticus 25. It was God's way of systemically dismantling inequality. And Shane says, we need more Bible lovers who take that part of Leviticus seriously. So... Well, I love the Bible, and I'm going to take great deference to what he's saying. <laughs> it has nothing to do with systemically erasing equality. That's yeah. that's a complete red herring. I'm sorry, Shane. Do your homework. Leviticus 25, this is a theocracy. These are God's people. Yeah. These are all Jews. The problem comes when you can't afford to maintain your land, and you indebted yourself right. to a larger landowner or a more wealthy landowner. Right. So I can't provide for my family. I sell my land to you. I work on the land for you. So that's how I become indebted. That's how you right. own my land. And then the year Jubilee is what? Every 50 years. Right. And there's a cycle of seven years in here. We won't belabor, but every seven years there was to be a sabbatical for the land. And this seems to be an homage to Pentecost, even because seven, 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 five of them. And now we have the 50 year year of Jubilee. And every seven years, did they have to release, like, was I no longer indebted to you after seven not, years? Not necessarily, okay. but, but the land was to was to like fallow. And so there's some parallels between the Sabbath rest, the Sabbath of the land, uh-huh. and then culminating on this huge Sabbath, if you will, right. for okay. this year of Jubilee. Secondly, this was only for Jews. Gentiles who were indentured servants were also given their freedom, but they weren't redistributing wealth or equality. Mm -hmm. The idea, let's talk a little bit about wealth and redistribution and equality. This is language this culture right now has adopted for it's not fair for someone to have a billion dollars. It's not fair for the people to be rich. And I'm going to be mad at how you spend your money. (laughs) Exactly. Until you're, well, if you're making electric vehicles, it's great because you're making sustainable vehicles, which is a travesty in itself. But you're making electric vehicles, that's going to save the environment. So we celebrate you, but you do something we don't like, we're going to vilify you. Hang on. Abraham was a very wealthy individual. Joseph and was... And from nothing, because he had yes. to leave everything behind, yes. and God made him crazy Joseph, wealthy. Joseph, extraordinarily wealthy. Yeah. Joanna, one of the women that underwrote Christ's ministry. Yeah. We don't know a lot of her biblically, she was a but rich it sounds lady. like extra-biblically, she was a very big supporter, Affluent. we would say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Joseph of Arimathea was rich. Yep. Barnabas is wealthy enough to give a plot of land to the common good. Yep. Did that mean he sold all his possessions? Now... This is so contrary to common sense because if you have billions of dollars and you give it all away, what do you now have? Nothing. All the people you employ now are 
unemployed. So this idea of altruism when it comes to money is not even anti-biblical. It's just not common sense. You know, a free market economy is what made America the most prosperous country on the planet. It's what afforded people good jobs and insurance and social security and a mortgage you could afford. It aggravates me, Hannah, when people, I mean, there's a lot wrong with our country. Where else are you going to go and live with this kind of freedom of speech and the ability to earn income? Totally. You think this is so great to be socialist or communist or redistribute wealth? Go to China, go to India, go to Venezuela and live under that regime for about six months and you'll want to come back to the United States Mm. overnight. Mm. So keep that in mind. The other passage I want to talk about is a verse that's rarely, rarely referred to, and it's in 1 Thessalonians. And Paul is talking about believers who basically aren't contributing. In Thessalonians 2, chapter 3, verse 6, we command, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you keep away from every brother who leads an unruly life, not according to the tradition you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example, because we do not act in an undisciplined manner among you. We do not eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with labor and hardship, we kept working night and day so we would not be a burden to any of you, not because we did not have the right to this, but in order to offer ourselves a model for you to follow our example. For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, he is not to eat either. We hear some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, acting like busybodies. Does that describe a generation of people that got PPP sitting at home on Twitter, on Instagram, watching Netflix all day on somebody else's account, by the way? (laughs) I mean, this whole notion of redistribution of wealth, it's not only bad biblically, it's bad from a common sense standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I I just don't understand the motivation other than greed. If Bill Gates or Elon Musk or George Soros or take your pick are billionaires, they should not have had the right to earn that in a free market economy. Everybody under them is now unemployed. All those mortgages are now in arrears. Mm -hmm. All those couples that have their kid in a school are in trouble. Mm -hmm. I mean, the domino effect of this is just nonsensical, not to mention the lending institutions, right or wrong, that underwrite these corporations. So the vilification of corporations has a lot of different you know, things you can go after them for. Sure. But redistribution of wealth or blaming somebody, it's just it, – I'm sorry, it's juvenile. It's, it's very petulant, and it, it's not based in theology. And please don't take a verse out of a theocracy of Israel's history that had nothing to do with <laughs> – well, yeah, and like if we're going to obey that, then we, there's a lot of Levitical law then that we need to be. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the women's role in Leviticus, my friend. Uh, let's see how that applies to your wife real quickly. So I'll leave it there. But uh, did we? So it's not a sin to be a billionaire. Of course not. It's. Now, here's the thing I learned years ago. I was in seminary. I had no money whatsoever. And I worked for people that made more money than I'd ever make in my lifetime doing their yards and painting their houses and wallpaper in their living rooms. And I, I had to get through some bitterness in that. I go, God, why are these people making all this money? And I'm I'm over here, you know, hand to mouth going to seminary. I mean, come on, Lord. And it was a big lesson. And one thing I learned, this is long before you were born, was God is interested in my use of my money, yeah. not my 
covetous or judgmental views of other Someone people's else's. money. Mm-hmm. And I remember this happened on many occasions when someone would come to me and they would be commenting about someone else in the church who had a lot of money. And I learned this later in life. And I, I say it now at our church at Stonebridge. I say people that complain and grouse about money are people that don't give. Hmm. They're not generous. They don't give 10%. They don't give 20%. They give nothing. Hmm. In fact, the statistics show that if you're under the age of 45, you give less than 2% of your income away to all charitable wow. causes. Wow. So when your mom and I went from 10 to 20, it wasn't to brag. It was to say we want to be generous with what God's given us. Yeah. There are people that make a whole lot more money than me, and their 2% is a whole lot more money than Cindy and I give. <laughs> yeah, that's The point is, what am I doing with what God gave me? That's right. And stewardship begins with this young man's choice of what he's going to do, not out there pontificating about this. It saddens me hmm. because we can vilify people who provide. I mean, how many employees does Musk have? Oh, I, I can't imagine. I mean, we talk about that all the time with your and my friend Dave Ramsey, and people love to hate Dave. And they're mad about the cars that he owns. And, you know, again, it could, like people are mad at Elon spent this money. Well, he could have put a dent in world poverty. Well, I mean, that's honestly a whole other discussion let, that's, let, that's not common this. sense. Let's say this. Let's say he gave it $44 billion to poverty. It lasts one week. Well, right. And it'd be gone. Right. And you need the manpower and the resources and the it's system to, to actually feed people or to help with world hunger, whatever. The point is this. Going back to what you were just saying, Dave should give everything away. Just what you're saying. Dave employs a thousand people in our town. I am one of those families. My husband is employed by Dave. Literally what Dave Ramsey does pays for my family of five to have the life that we have. And and, and do the and multiplier. multiply that times a thousand. The, and, and then, and and then the all mul- the people that he's exactly. changed their lives forever. I mean, their Over families, a million now. it's Over incredible. A million now. So you can vilify people. You can be mad that Dave's got money. But he's done. Or you can say, praise God that he uses a person just like this. And praise God he uses. And and I would say we can learn a lot from the world, even when they use money unscrupulously. Mm -hmm. We're to be above board, but we can still. It's so interesting how money is such a trigger. Even our emotions, we're talking about it. It's such a trigger (laughs) because so much of our identity is in money, sex, and power. And we evaluate ourselves. We always compare ourselves to those who have more. Yeah. We never compare ourselves to those who have less. Or if we do, we do it smugly in sort of a covert way. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I was going to say is 1,100 families, 1,100, let's just say 500 people that still have mortgages, let's say the people, they, the grocery stores, the dry cleaners, the lawn services, I mean, the ripple effect of an economy, of a free market economy is still and, you know, we can talk about socialism all day long. Our friends in Israel are basically under a socialized world. And ain't all it's cracked up to be. Right. They leave 40 to 50% of their income with the government. So, you know, Nobody you, you can you can brag about this stuff. Yep. But you know what it shows me is, again, and I don't want to sound unkind, people are not educated and they respond quickly on social media for clickbait yep. without thinking through a biblical theological framework. And say, why didn't you give that money to the poor? Yeah. And boy, let's say the how many people on that gentleman's social media platform, if they all gave 10% to their favorite charity, what a difference what? that <laughs> yeah, would make. Yeah, yeah, totally. Every month. Totally. Not once. So we need to know our Bibles. We need a biblical worldview. And we need to stop caring so much about what other people are doing you know, we, and we, worrying more about 
Well, me. we we had my a great money, we had I'm a great doing, guest on Cal, uh, Cal Beisner, who's been on several times, and he's got a little booklet he's offering free oh, yeah. on on social justice versus biblical justice, and that intimates to this. Yeah. And there's a number of books on wealth management for Christians. Start there as opposed hmm. to castigating people that have bigger, better, nicer things than you and me. Well, we're out of time. Surprise, surprise. If you've got a question, call us, text us. The info is in the show notes. Ask Dr. E is part of the Michael Easley in Context ministry. We've got two other shows and more biblical resources. You can find those at our website, michaelincontext.com. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain.